God is so good to us. Do you know that? Do you know that He's good to us? Thank you for worshiping. Thank you for, for praising God. We can go ahead and be making our way back to our seats as I'm going to go ahead and, and thank Pastor for letting me do this and, and go ahead and read our first portion of Scripture. And I just want you to know today, somebody in here, I don't know how many of you there are, but somebody in here, God has shown favor on you today. God has heard you. And I'll just go ahead and tell you, pastor texted me and asked me Wednesday afternoon if I could do this. And so I, you know, I immediately opened up my Bible and started praying. And, and I fell right on this verse that I'm about to read. And I studied and I prayed and I got this message together. And then yesterday, Aunt Candy called me and was asking if there was anything that I needed. And, and being gracious because she's such a good pastor's wife and does such a good job at the music and told me the song list and, and what was going to be going on and that somebody had special requested a song to be sung that was wait on the Lord and it confirmed that God had spoken to my heart and put something in my mind to bring to you today so while you're standing we're going to turn to Isaiah 40 28 through 31. And it says this, Hast thou not known, hast thou not heard, that the everlasting God, the Lord, the creator of the ends of the earth, fainteth not, neither is weary? There is no searching of his understanding. He giveth power to the faint, and to them that have no might, he increaseth strength. Even the youths shall faint and be weary, and the young men shall utterly fall. But they that wait upon the Lord shall renew their strength. They shall mount up with wings as eagles. They shall run and not be weary, and they shall walk and not faint. Somebody lift up your hands and give God some thanks in this place today. Lord, we thank you for everything that you've already done and performed in this house today, God. Lord, we give you the honor and the glory, Lord, for the things that you're performing in your people and speaking to your people. Lord, I ask you one more time today, God, to pour out your spirit on this congregation. Lord, pour out your spirit on me, Lord, as I speak your word. And Your word is already anointed, Lord, but anoint these lips of clay and anoint the ears of all who hear my voice, Lord, that your word can go forth and not come back void, but accomplish exactly what it is meant to accomplish in this house today. And we'll be careful, Lord, to give you all the honor and the glory. Thank you, Jesus. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Thank you for standing. You can be seated. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Boy, I tell you, it, it, I know I said it last time I got up here, but it means something more to me every time I do this, that the way that you respond to the worship. and There's a reason that God sent the worshipers out to battle first and, and did things in a particular order to prepare the way for His people. And whenever you respond to the worship in such a way as you did today, it sure does make the delivering of the word so much easier for the person up here. Now, the first part of that portion of Scripture, boy, it's easy for us to grasp. It's easy for us to amen the preacher whenever we hear how great God is, that He's everlasting and created all that we see and know, and even the things that we cannot see nor understand, and that He doesn't grow tired or weary, but He's mighty and strong and can reach to the heights of heaven. 
into the depths of hell, and no distance is too great for him to traverse in order to reach you and help you and give you power and strength when you faint and grow weary. That, that part of that portion of Scripture is easy for us to go, yeah, we like that. However, the second portion of this Scripture is where some problems present themselves for us. But they that wait upon the Lord shall renew their strength. And they shall mount up with wings as eagles. They shall run and not be weary and walk and not faint. And all that sounds well and good. We love flying through life on top of the world and being strong and not getting tired. That isn't where our problem presents itself. The problem arises in the fourth word of that 31st verse. Wait. Waiting is a part of everyday life. We all know and understand that. But here's the problem. People hate waiting. I hate waiting. If we can, collectively, as human beings, we will generally avoid waiting. If there is any alternative, I promise you, we will find it. From traffic lights to stop signs, I mean, roll through signs, waiting for the sweet old lady in front of you to realize that she has her own lane and doesn't have to stop at this yield sign. Touch them, Lord. To waiting lines at amusement parks and shipping times on your Amazon order and even pumping gas at the gas station. I'm telling you. I mean, listen to me. Amusement park lines, flash passes. Flash passes for $75 and your left arm. I mean, goodness. Shipping times. Prime shipping. I mean, why is there any other kind of shipping? It's like its sole purpose is to punish you for not paying for the extra shipping so you can have your package in 24 hours. It doesn't make sense to me, but I'm preaching, so I'm going to make it make sense. (laughs) Gas stations. We have little TVs at the pump so that we don't get bored in the two and a half minutes it takes to fill up your car. I'm telling you, human beings as a whole are the most impatient species On the planet. (laughs) And I love people. (laughs) At the end of the day, though, you can strive to avoid it. But waiting is going to be a part of your life. And honestly, when you look at the reason why you're waiting, it makes sense. And you can easily understand why it is that you have to wait. I mean, We wait at red lights and stop signs so we don't wreck our car and potentially kill ourselves and somebody else. We wait on the sweet old lady because she's a sweet old lady and she's doing her very best. We wait on our uh, line at the amusement park because we're only one out of thousands of people who are waiting to ride that roller coaster. And and we wait for our package to be shipped because they usually are coming from China. And (laughs) we wait at our car while it fills up with gasoline so we can make it home and not break down on on the side of the road. It it makes sense when you think about it, why you must wait. But that doesn't make it any easier to wait. You see, the same thing applies to our spiritual lives. Waiting on the Lord is a regular part of our lives, just the same as waiting on things in our natural lives. Just like there is usually a good reason to be waiting on the regular things of life, there is always a good reason to be waiting on the Lord. 
If you're waiting on God, it's because He's preparing something for you or He's preparing you for something. And when you look at your situation objectively, it's easy to understand why you are waiting. God is working on you or He's working on something, and whatever it is He's working on is simply not ready yet. We get that. Unfortunately, though, just... Just like people are the most impatient species in the galaxy when it comes to waiting for things in the natural, they're often just as impatient when it comes to waiting on God. That is where our problem arises. Being impatient with God is a slippery slope that I don't want to be on. People will start to make rushed decisions, which usually end up being the wrong ones, They'll start looking elsewhere for their answers and usually get the wrong ones. Then they'll slowly slip out of their routine with God, and by the time their answer is ready for them, they are no longer ready for their answer. So, we understand why waiting is important in our lives. We understand why we have to wait, just like we understand why we have to wait on things in the natural It's easy for our minds to comprehend why we must wait on God, but waiting is still difficult for us. It is hard for us to do. So what do we as Christians do to alleviate some of the boredom of this dreadful waiting? What can we do that will keep us on the right path in the right mindset and save us from the folly that comes with impatience? How can we improve our patience? There are three things that I want to go over today in short time. I know we're running longer because of the worship, but I'm not going to be very long. There are three things I want to go over, and I'm sure that these three things are not the only things in the Bible that will help you to wait and improve your patience, but they are 100% biblical, and they'll help you in your time of waiting. Number one is to stay diligent. Diligent simply means having or showing care and conscientiousness in one's work or duty. Conscientiousness meaning that you wish to do what is right, especially to do your work or duty well and thoroughly. It's a big word for following your conscience. That's what it's pretty much saying. You want to stay busy doing the things you know you ought to be doing in service to the Lord while you await His instructions on your next step. What direction you're supposed to go in, what your your calling is that you're supposed to pursue, all, all of these things will come. But while you wait, stay busy doing the things you know you should be doing anyways. There's a passage of Scripture that will talk about this says, Blessed is the servant whom his Lord, when he cometh, shall find so doing. And that's Matthew 24 and 46. The Lord looks highly on those who stay diligent in their work for him while they await his answer. And if we read a parable from Matthew 25 and 14 is where it starts. There's a parable from Jesus talking about this very thing. 25 and 14 says this, For the kingdom of heaven is as a man traveling into a far country, who called his own servants and delivered unto them his goods. And unto one he gave five talents, and to another two, and to another one, 
to every man according to his several ability, and straightway took his journey. Then he that had received the five talents went and traded with the same and made them another five talents. And likewise, he that had received two also gained another two. But he that had received one went and digged in the earth and hid his Lord's money. After a long time, the Lord of those servants cometh and reckoneth with them. And so he that had received five talents came and brought other five talents, saying, Lord, thou deliveredest unto me five talents. Behold, I have gained beside them five talents more. And his Lord said unto him, Well done, thou good and faithful servant. Thou hast been faithful over a few things. I will make thee ruler over many things. Enter into the joy of the Lord. He also that had received two talents came and said, Lord, thou deliveredest unto me two talents. Behold, I have gained two other talents beside them. His Lord said unto him, Well done, good and faithful servant. Thou hast been faithful over a few things. I will make thee ruler over many things. Enter thou into the joy of thy Lord. When he which had received the one talent came and said, Lord, I knew thee that thou art a hard man, reaping where thou hast not sown and gathering where thou hast not strawed. And I was afraid and went and hid thy talent in the earth. Lo, there thou hast that that is thine. His Lord answered and said unto him, Thou wicked and slothful servant, thank you, Thou wicked and slothful servant, thou knewest that I reap where I sowed not, and gather where I have not strawed. Thou oughtest therefore to have put my money into the exchangers, and then at my coming I should have received mine own with usury. Take therefore the talent from him, and give it to him which hath ten talents. For unto every one that hath shall be given... And he shall have abundance, but from him that hath not shall be taken away, even that which he hath. And cast ye the unprofitable servant into outer darkness, there shall be weeping and gnashing of teeth. Boy, that's serious stuff. But he's making it very clear that while he is away, he does not want you to stand around and wait. He does not want you to take the things that he's given to you and bury them and leave them exactly the way that they were whenever he gave them to you. He wants you to use them. If, if the person who had gained five or the person who had gained two had went and spent the money in the exchangers and tried to gain the money and lost that money, the master probably still would have been okay with them because they put forth their best effort. But the one who did nothing, the one who was slothful and lazy, because he was afraid, the Lord did not approve. Another perk to being diligent in your work is that time usually moves faster when you're busy. Now the problem that we have with waiting is we don't like staying in the same spot for too long, right? We like to be moving. We like to be doing things and feeling like we're accomplishing things. Well, I work at a printing shop. I make newspapers and booklets and things like that. And the press that I run is not running eight hours a day, five days a week. Now, I have to be there for eight hours a day and five days a week. But the press that I run does not run that entire time. And I'll be there 
for like, it feels like I've been there for three hours. On those days that there's nothing to print, there's nothing to do, I'll feel like I have been there for three hours and I'll look up at the clock and it's 8.15. Time, whenever you are bored and you have nothing to do, time ceases to exist. It's like it moves so slow that it's going backwards. Like if it was going any slower, you would look up and you'd be back in your bed and having to go to work. Like it moves so slow. But I have found that not only do your bosses like you better, but time moves so much faster when you stay busy because there are other things that need to be done in a printing shop besides printing. The floors need to be swept. The trash needs to be taken out. The presses need to be cleaned. The rolls of paper that are left over from our busy days need to be organized. When you stay busy with the other things that still need to be done, 4.30 gets here a whole lot faster. The same thing is true for us as Christians because you haven't realized your calling or your answer to your latest predicament hasn't made itself known to you, there are still things that need to be done. Praying still needs to be done. Fasting and tithing and reading your Bible still need to be done. If you're a preacher and you haven't gotten your answer, keep preaching. If you're a Sunday school teacher and you haven't gotten your answer, keep teaching. If you're a college campus minister but you haven't gotten your answer, Keep ministering. If you're a saint in the greatest church in the world, then just keep on being a faithful saint to the house of God. Your answer and your calling or whatever it is that you're waiting on from God is on its way. Just keep on being diligent in the work that is set before you because He is a rewarder of those who diligently seek Him. The second thing... To go over today is to stay Christ-like. Yeah. James heard that one. Don't let your attitude change. It's easy to grow unhappy when you're waiting for something. Like I said earlier, impatience is prominent in humanity today, and impatience leads to hasty responses and decision-making, which leads to rudeness and the wrong decision being made, which leads to less time in prayer and reading and fasting, which leads to the dark side. Hello. Our best response to waiting on God is to try and be like Him. Continue to treat the people around you with love and respect, Love and cherish the church the way that he does. Love and cherish the lost the way that he does. Whenever you don't know what to do or which way to go, revert to Jesus and treat people the way that Jesus treated people. Jesus gives us a parable regarding this very thing, also found in Matthew 25 and verses 31 through 46, which says this, When the Son of Man shall come in his glory... And all the holy angels with him, then shall he sit upon the throne of his glory. And before him shall be gathered all nations, and he shall separate them one from another, as a shepherd divideth his sheep from the goats. And he shall set the sheep on his right hand, but the goats on the left. Then shall the king say unto them on his right hand, Come, ye blessed of my father, inherit the kingdom prepared for you 
from the foundation of the world. For I was hungered, and you gave me meat. I was thirsty, and you gave me drink. I was a stranger, and you took me in. Naked, and you clothed me. I was sick, and you visited me. I was in prison, and you came to me. Then shall the righteous answer him, saying, Lord, when saw we thee hungered, and fed thee, or thirsty, and gave thee drink? When did we see you a stranger and took you in, or naked and clothed you? Or when did we see you sick or in prison and come to you? And the king shall answer unto them and say, Verily I say unto you, Inasmuch as you have done it unto one of the least of these, my brethren, you have done it unto me. Then shall he say unto them on the left hand, Depart from me, ye cursed, into everlasting fire, prepared for the devil and his angels. For I was unhungered, and ye gave me no meat. I was thirsty, and ye gave me no drink. I was a stranger, and ye did not take me in. I was naked, and ye did not clothe me. I was sick and in prison, and ye did not visit me. Then shall they also answer him, saying, Lord, when did we see you hungry or thirsty or a stranger or, a stranger or naked or sick or in prison and, and didn't minister unto you? Then shall he answer them, saying, Verily I say unto you, Inasmuch as you did it not unto one of the least of these, you did it not unto me. And these shall go away into everlasting punishment, but the righteous into eternal life. He takes it very seriously how we treat other people. It means so much to him that he tells us in this passage that it has eternal implications. He doesn't stop there with this, though. That's good. As if it wasn't enough that our eternity weighs in the balance of how we treat others around us, he's given us another reason to be like him. Luke six twenty-seven through 38. Now, I know this is a lot of scripture, but the Bible never hurt us. 6, 27 through 38. But I say unto you which hear, love your enemies, do good to them which hate you, bless them that curse you, and pray for them which despitefully use you. And unto him that smiteth thee on one cheek, offer also the other. And him that taketh away thy cloak, forbid not to take thy coat also. Give to every man that asketh of thee. And of him that taketh away thy goods, ask them not again. And as ye would that men should do to you, do ye also to them likewise. For if ye love them which love you, what thank have ye? For sinners also love those that love them. And if ye do good to them which do good to you, what thank have ye? For sinners also do even the same. And if ye lend to them of whom ye hope to receive... What thank have ye? For sinners also lend to sinners to receive much again. But love ye your enemies, and do good, and lend, hoping for nothing again. And your reward shall be great, and ye shall be the children of the highest, for he is kind unto the thankful and to the evil. Be ye therefore merciful, as your Father is also merciful. Judge not. And ye shall not be judged. Condemn not, and ye shall not be condemned. Forgive, and ye shall be forgiven. Give, and it shall be given unto you. Good measure, pressed down, and shaken together, and running over. Shall men give unto your bosom. For with the same measure that ye meet, 
with all it shall be measured to you again. Here, he encourages us to be good to those around us despite how they are to us because this is the way that he does it. The more you help others, the more you will be helped. The more you neglect others, the more you'll be neglected. Nothing will speed up the process of you getting what you need from God faster than you neglecting yourself and being the vessel with which God gives to somebody else. The Lord loves a cheerful giver. And the third and final thing that I want to bring to your attention today is to stay thankful. When you're waiting for something from God, it's easy to lose focus on the things that you have not received. Or it's easy to focus on the things that you have not received instead of focusing on the things that you have. Despite that, the Bible encourages us to be thankful all the time. In fact, the topic of thankfulness is brought up in the Bible, give or take, over a hundred times. 1 Thessalonians 5 and 16 through 18 says this, Rejoice evermore, pray without ceasing, in everything give thanks, for this is the will of God in Christ Jesus concerning you. Philippians 4 and 6, Be careful for nothing, but in everything by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known unto God. Psalm 106 and 1, Praise ye the Lord, O give thanks unto the Lord, for he is good. For his mercy endureth forever. Colossians 3 and 15. And let the peace of God rule in your hearts to the which also ye are called in one body and be ye thankful. Colossians 4 and 2. Continue in prayer and watch in the same with thanksgiving. Psalm 100 verse 4. Enter into his gates with thanksgiving and enter into his courts with praise. Be thankful unto him and bless his name. Being thankful to God and giving Him praise is one of the most effective ways for you to change the atmosphere around you. That is the truth. He inhabits the praises of His people. So with the first utterance of praise and thanksgiving, He is there. Being thankful is scientifically proven, so everybody's got to believe it now, to make you happier. Scientists may not be able to explain why being thankful changes your attitude and makes you happy, but when you start thinking of all the things that God has done for you, and you start thanking Him for those things, the atmosphere changes, and everything but joy has to leave. Being thankful yanks your focus from yourself and back to God. It reminds you that you are not in control, but you serve an almighty God who is very much in control. When you start going over all the things that you need to thank Him for, it makes you realize how much you really have to be thankful for. It takes our focus off of our own problems and helps us to think about His goodness and His mercy and all of His many blessings that He pours out every single day. It reminds us that God is the giver of every good thing and that He is the God, our provider, and all of our good things in our lives were given from His hand. A heart that is full on gratitude has no room for complaining and griping and negative thoughts. It's impossible to be truly thankful and filled with negativity at the same time. Being thankful forces our enemy to retreat. 
We wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against principalities and powers and spiritual wickedness in high places. And that wicked one cannot stand to be around a heart that is giving thanks to God. Your praise and your thanksgiving causes your adversary to leave you alone. Darkness and light cannot abide in the same place. And when you lift up the name of Jesus and thanksgiving and praise, and he begins to inhabit that space you're in and dwell with you, there is not an ounce of darkness or negativity that can remain. Most importantly, lifting up praise and thanksgiving for the blessings God has poured out opens up the door for that blessing to continue. As His Spirit enters into the area, our spirits are refreshed and renewed in Him. It is His good pleasure to bless us and give good gifts to us. He, he loves your praise and worship and your thankful spirit, and He will pour out His Spirit and favor on those who honor Him and make room for Him every single day. Now, as I'm coming to a close, and the music can make their way to the platform, I, I would like to encourage you today that there is a time for everything. And unfortunately, that includes waiting. But that time does not last forever. Because things change, times change, waits end, and your answer will show up. Your calling will be revealed to you, or your, your prayer will be answered, or everything that you have need of will be there, all in God's perfect timing. Trust God to be God. And you be encouraged, knowing that He has His plans for you still. There are so many ways that He can bless you, and so many ways that He can use you while you are waiting on your answer to prayer. Trust that there is a purpose to your wait. There is a purpose to this time in your life where you feel like you're not making any progress. Just continue doing what you know is right, and continue being like Him. Continue being thankful for the things that you have. And, and do not grow weary in well-doing. These times of waiting are some of the best tests of character for us. And we so desperately want to hear the words of our Master say, Well done, my good and faithful servant. And we've heard it many times preached and said from various different places, but Sister Mangan spoke the words that if you want to hear him say, well done, then we must do well. Don't, don't get weary in your well-doing. Stay steadfast in this walk with God and trust that he knows exactly what he's doing. If we could, all that can, could stand today and, and I'd like to open up these altars. Any of you that are able... And just come down here to the front and thank Him for the word that He's given and the things that He's done in this service. And then thank Him for all the many blessings that He's provided you with in your life. Have a prayer of thanksgiving today. When you run out of stuff to be thankful for, then turn around and pray for somebody else and let it remind you that you're thankful for your church family, the things that God has given you. Have a thankful heart today. He deserves your thanks and He deserves your praise.
what a what a wonderful message today. And it been just tremendous the way the Spirit of the Lord's moved and led us and brought us to this place. Now, if you if you if you've never experienced it, it's, it's something when you've been asked to preach your message and then the worship and the things that are in between. I had no idea what he was going to preach today, and and then the way the Lord moved and and he didn't know that somebody was going to call and request to sing a song that was going to include his scripture and and God just setting us up to listen listen you know to what he's got to say and uh, that it's going to be worth it all that's what we used to say heaven will be worth it all well it's going to be worth everything anything you go through anything you face anytime what he was preaching it reminded me of Jacob serving Laban and he said I want to marry Rachel I love her he said well you got to serve me seven years and it says that it only seemed like it was a few days because he loved her so much but he served he served seven years he said that seven years seemed like just a few days because he loved her so much and and we love the Lord. We know he's going to take care of us. We just get busy serving the Lord. You're going to turn around and all of a sudden that reward's going to be there. That answer's going to be there. God's going to bless. Brother Elijah, that was a great word today, friend. Wonderful, wonderful reminder today. For all of our people that are waiting on answers, God's going to come through for you. Take somebody by the hand. Let's pray together before we're dismissed. We're in this thing together. Hallelujah. Precious Lord, we love you today. We thank you for encouraging us, Lord, and strengthening us, refreshing us today as we wait. But Lord, as we wait, we're going to serve. And we're going to lift one another up and encourage one another. And we're going to strengthen one another's hands. And Lord, we're going to establish one another. Help us in this time of waiting. Lord, keep us faithful to you, walking up right before you. And Lord, we know that you will renew us. We know that you're going to come through for us, God, and we believe that today. Lord, watch over us now as we go our way, and when it's your will, bring us back together. Keep us, Lord, in the fear of you. In Jesus' name, everyone said amen. Give the Lord a hand clap and a shout of praise. Shake hands, encourage one another, love one another. Be in prayer tomorrow night. We're going to have a great time in the Lord. God bless you in Jesus' name.